0: good morning, good morning. Woo, who's happy to be here anybody amen well if you uh, if you're new here then looks like most of you are amen uh i'm jeremy Lindsay. i'm the pastor i'm the pastor here at the church and uh i'm excited that you guys are here if you don't have a church home and uh if you don't have a relationship with christ and you'd like to to have both come back next week amen, amen. We, we'd love to plug in i'd love to be able to walk with you our church uh, is one of the biggest things, one of the greatest things that we talk about a lot is we want to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. Just to know Jesus, man, is one thing. But, but to be able to walk with him and have this relationship with him, that's what we were created for. And so uh, that's what we want to do for you guys. And, and I would love to have y'all back next Sunday. Um, the other thing is uh, we're going to, a lot of you are here for baptism. So we're going to have baptism right after the service. Um, and so we'll. We'll we'll close the service out, and then after the first song, if you're being baptized, or if you have a child that's being baptized, you need to help get ready, that's your cue to leave, and then we're going to change, and then we're going to sing another song uh, while they change, and then all of you meet us at the baptistry right outside, okay? Um, And then we'll get started on that. So, um, and then the last thing is... To get involved with our church, uh, we want you to, to know who we're about, what we're about, what we're doing, who we are, right? And so we have a class called Heart and Soul. And so Heart and Soul starts May 5th. We have a, a session uh, there in which we start it. If you come to Heart and Soul, that don't mean you have to join. It's just if you just want information, you want to know what we're doing, what we believe, come to Heart and Soul, right? So we can, we can move on through there. So we, we're always about people taking their next step and people growing in their relationship with God. And, and so that's my heart, and so I'm glad you're here. We're going to get into the message, and let's pray. Father, again, God, we come to you and thank you for who you are. And God, I thank you for uh, God, all of us being here today, and God, we thank you, Lord, for the reason that we're here. God, we thank you, Lord, for being merciful. We thank you, God, for, for uh, coming down from heaven and dwelling among us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for living a blameless life. We thank you, Lord, for going to the cross. And we thank you, Lord, for your resurrection. God, we love you. God, we move here today. God, change our hearts. God, change our perspective. God, change our priorities. Father, we pray that when all of us leave here today, it wouldn't be a, this was a great service, but we would say, we, I'm, I'm going to start living for a great God. That we will be people who are drawn closer to you. And God, I, I just beg you to change me. God, change me through this. Help me love you like you deserve to be loved. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, if you have a Bible, uh, please turn to Luke. We're gonna be in chapter Luke, uh, chapter twenty-three. Uh, that's where we're gonna be. Um, it'll be on the it'll be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, um, you know, it, I think it, it's crazy to me how we get caught up in routine. I don't know about you guys, but, but in my household, we'll get we'll get caught up in routine, and next thing you know it. We're just going through the motions of things and, and not really understanding why we're doing it, right? That's just why we do it. We, we do this because this is what Mama did. We do this because this is what Grandma told me to do, right? I remember when we first got married, Sabrina always said, well, you can't wear white after Labor Day. I was like, why? <laughs> well, that's just what they said. Oh, well, something's going to happen? She's like, I don't, I don't think so. That's just what they say. And I'm rebellious, so I was like, I'm going to wear white. Men just don't look good in white pants. You know that they just don't don't do good for them. <laughs> you know. So we get caught up in those things, and you know, I, and nothing brought that more real to me than this past week. Pacing, I got a two-year-old fixing to be three-year-old little boy, and uh, pacing. I'm being a good good daddy. I'm trying to teach him about Jesus and being re- repetitious with him. We we reading the story about Easter with him, and and uh, you know he's he's a rebellious type little boy. We, you know. What you want to read about? Dinosaurs. No, no we're going to read about Jesus. No, Jesus. Dinosaurs. <laughs> so we, we, we're trying to start reading about Jesus, and, and he's like, I said, Jesus died for us. Yeah, he'll tell you, right? He'll repeat it. I'm like, oh, he's getting it. He's getting it. So me and him, we were spending some time together this week, and, and I'm like, I'm going to use this time to kind of just encourage him and tell him, tell him more about Christ. I was like, you know why we talk about Jesus? He just kind of looks at me, just blank, a little stare. I said, "Because he died on the cross and he saved us from our sins." And he said, "Sins." I was like, "He's getting it. Yes, he's getting it. He's too." I'm like, "All right." So we get home. Gotta tell mama. Okay, okay, okay. So we get home. We're sitting there, and I'm like, "All right, so patient, we got. to tell, tell you what, pacing I was been talking to pacing about about uh, being a, uh, about what Jesus is and about Easter. So hey, come on, I'm fixing the you know, stroke my ego about me being a good daddy and a good spiritual leader for the household. You know what I'm saying? go there. I said, all right, Pastor. I said, what do we talk about coming home? He at Brandon, he said, Jesus? I was like, all right. I said, what about Jesus? And he said, Easter. And I'm like, my boy, my boy. I said, what about Easter? What, what, what's so special about Easter? And I'm just, I'm just hoping and waiting on him to say, well, because, Father, when Christ came and paid the atonement for our sins... And he made me right with God, and now I can go to heaven. I was waiting on that, you know. And I'm, I'm like, all right. And he looked at me and smiled. He looked at his mom. I was like, here it comes, here it comes. And he says, Easter eggs! <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. And he just kept Easter eggs. And I think if we're not careful, we get caught up in the, the traditions of Easter, and we forget why Easter is so important. We get so caught up in, in the things that we do, the traditions that we have, and next thing you know, it's all about the sale at Macy's or it's all about Easter, <laughs> Easter eggs or having big family suppers. And we forget how awesome this time is because what we celebrate. And I, I can't get over what Jesus did for me. You know, he, so many times we come to church and I think we feel like if someone didn't know Jesus and they came to church, they would be like, this Jesus that they say is alive, they're acting like he's dead. We come in with this mug look and we're not excited and it's like, all right, if he can just shut up so I can get to the chicken bar by 12:30. Cause you know the cafe gonna run out of chicken if we don't get on it there early. He gotta come. Up. We, we we just we got our minds thinking on other things. But church, I want to tell you something. He died on Friday, but he's alive now. Amen. He died on Friday to pay atonement for our sins, but he's alive so that we can have this relationship with him. I'm not serving no dead Savior. I'm serving the living Jesus. Amen. I don't have to worry about. Amen. Come on, boy. You, you, egg me on. Egg me on. Uh, I, we're, not, we're not serving this carved image. We're not serving this thing that, that, that cannot speak to us. I'm serving the risen Savior that walks with me and talks with me. Amen? We get to have this relationship, guys. And that's what Easter is about. We get so caught up, I think, on, 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 on just the things of the church instead of what, what is really most important. You know, Friday, I got to thinking, so many of us, our relationship with Christ is built on Friday, on Good Friday. Good Friday was good. That's when Jesus died. He paid the penalty of our sins. But if it would have stopped right there, it'd have been horrible. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he paid atonement for our sins. He paid atonement. Our sins, past, present, and future, are paid full because of him dying on that cross. But see, who I love this. When he died, also God ripped the veil and the separation between us and God so we can have this relationship with God was now active. But see, there's no way to have a relationship with God if he had not resurrected because the, the God that, God, that he, we can have a relationship is dead, right? So when he resurrected, now I get to have this relationship with the living Savior. It's because of the resurrection that I get to walk with Jesus. It's because of that that I can have this passionate, personal relationship with a God who hears me. I was talking to my sister-in-law coming back from the hospital yesterday, and I'm like, aren't you happy that we serve a God that hears our prayers? Because look at the prayers he answered this week. And she was like, amen. I was like, easy, girl, we're going to be preaching in here. I'm telling you, church, it's something to get excited about. If it wasn't for the resurrection, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, that if there was no resurrection, then we should be pitied more than anyone on the planet. Because we're walking in a lie. The resurrection is what gives us power. The resurrection is what gives us the opportunity to walk away from the old life and into the new. Thank God for the resurrection. Amen, church? So in Luke chapter 23, we're going to just talk through the crucifixion. And then to the resurrection. 23, verse 26, chapter 23, verse 26 says, As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simeon, who was on his way from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wounds that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called skull, the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals. One on his right, the other on his left. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And they divided up his clothing and cast lots. And people stood watching, and rulers even sneered at him. And they said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers came up and mocked him, and they offered him vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There it was written, Notice above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung, hurling insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for what we are getting, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then Jesus, then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered, Truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. We're going to stop there for a second. You know, you have this scene in which Jesus is being led to to Calvary. He's led led to the the skull, in which they call it. He's led here. He's been, the very people he came to save, they've rejected him. They spit upon him. They have mocked him. They have beat him. They've done all these things to him. He's hanging on this cross, and, 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 and he has the compassion to cry out, Lord, have mercy on them, because they know not what they do. Man, that should drive us to, to, to want to find out what this Jesus is about, right? The compassion to love us when we hate him the compassion to overlook our faults, the compassion to give us a second and a third chance, that should compel us to push after him. That should show you, if you're hanging beside Jesus, and he's beat, he's called the king of the Jews, and he's beat unmercifully, and you're just sitting there nailed to a cross, you would think, hey, there's got to be something to this. Some of us are just like one of those criminals that hung from that tree, He was was uncomfortable. He just wanted Jesus to save him from his problems. He wanted Jesus to get him. He wanted to get off that cross. He wanted to get back to life as normal. He wanted Jesus to save him, but he didn't care about Jesus. See, if Jesus would have said, okay, and they would have pulled him off of that cross, the wounds would have healed eventually. But he went right back to the old lifestyle. He went right back to who he once was. He went right back to being a thief and a liar. So many of us want salvation. We want Jesus to save us from our problems, but we don't want him to save our lives because we value this right here more than we're so tunnel, got so much tunnel vision. It's all about the right here, right now. Fix me now. Fix this now. Fix this problem now. He wanted temporary satisfaction. I was so much like that man half of my life. And then you got the other one just like, look, man, you need to shut up. Arguing on the cross. He's like, you need to be be quiet. Like, we we deserve what we are getting. We deserve what we're getting. But this man doesn't deserve it. See, he understood. He had a change of heart. He understood that, hey, I deserve this wrath. I deserve death. I deserve this. I deserve it. And the problem with most of us in America is we don't think we deserve anything but goodness and glory. Oh, I deserve a a fat bank account. I deserve all these things. But but instead of realizing that apart from Christ, if we're not following after the God of the the creation of the universe, we're not following after God, then we deserve wrath. And that wrath means total separation from God because he's a good, holy God. And sin can't come in his presence. We deserve that death. We deserve that separation. We deserve death. We deserve condemnation. We deserve these things. And some of you are looking at me like, man, you were crazy. And I know because I felt the same way. Because we can't understand how holy God is. But then you have that man that was like, I know what I deserve. And he looks to Jesus with compassion. And he says, have mercy on me. See, he had a heart change. He understood where he was; that he was wrong. He understood that, that, look, there's no way off this cross, there's no way out of this but through this man. And until we as God's people understand there's no way out of our messes but through Jesus, we'll keep walking in the same mess we've always walked in. We'll keep struggling with the same things we've always struggled with because we're trying to do it on our own. We want temporary relief instead of everlasting satisfaction in God. See, see, that thief on the cross, we want to throw off on these two thieves, but one got it and one didn't. How many of us? We've, we, we've, we've known the good news of the gospel. We've came to many Easter Sundays services, but yet we've not woke, we're not walking in the goodness of God. We haven't truly surrendered and given him our life. See, he wasn't hanging on that cross just so that we could he could pay all our sins and we could have a big party in heaven. He paid the penalty of our sins so that we can have this right relationship with God to give God glory over the entire earth. See, if he would have just came to fix this relationship problem, if he would have just came to fix our sin problem, all that benefits us. All that fixes the problem that humanity has. But see, God's more interested in his glory than our comfort. He's more interested in us giving him glory. And the only way that we give God glory is through a life lived for him. That's it. And that's what the resurrection gives us. It gives us the power to have this life changing walk with God. Man, I I, I just wish we could grab a hold of that. See, as he sat there, we go through, we'll read about the death right quick the death of Jesus. As you can tell, I'm a little excited today. Verse 44 It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole entire earth until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain on the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this Sight saw what took place. They beat their their breasts. They beat their chest. And they went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. See, guys, when Jesus died, the the most amazing thing happened. He paid the penalty of our sin. The thing that separates me and you from God, Jesus' death on the cross, paid that penalty. The, the only way for our sins, our sins are just a is, a is a is a Christian way of saying, is a godly way of saying, doing things that do not please God, right? So we, the things that we do in life that do not please God, that's not according, not according to God's word, our sins, that's what separates us from Him. There's no way to please God unless our sins are forgiven. And so our sins were forgiven because of Jesus' death on the cross, but also the death on the cross when he breathed his last, it says it was torn. See that word torn? It was torn not from the bottom to the top, but from the top to the bottom. God reached his hands down and tore what separated humanity from his presence because of Jesus' death. So only before then, the only way you could get into the presence of God, the only way you could even get your sins atoned for was a One man, for the whole entire religion, uh, the whole entire people of Israel, they had to take this sacrifice, sacrifice blood, and put it on the altar. No one could get in the presence of God. No one. It would be killed. No one could because he's so holy. But because of the righteous sacrifice of Christ, it tore the veil, and now you and I, sinful men and women who are walking by, by the blood of Christ, can get into the presence of God because of Jesus' death but see that was it there is no resurrection because now we get opportunity to get in the presence of god but see there's no way to change your heart there's no way to change your heart the death of christ does not change your heart what changes your heart is the resurrection the resurrection is what god gives us to it changes our heart because it's down with the old man up with the new y'all with me it was down with the old sinful world, and now it's Jesus' righteous kingdom. Those who want to follow after him, those who love him, those who adore him, those who are following after Jesus can have eternal life. Through the shed blood of Jesus, we can have this relationship with God. We've grown up in the South. And one of the greatest things we talk about is, man, I'm, I know I'm a Christian because I've been to church. man. I went to, Man, I even got crazy. I went to vacation Bible school. I said the sinner's prayer when I was 12 years old. I got baptized. But there is no fruit in your life that you've been following after God. There's no relationship there. You, you died. You said you died to you. But you're still living for you. See, see, Jesus gave us the, through the resurrection the opportunity and the availability to be able to live for him. It's only through the resurrection that we can walk with God. I'm telling you, church. Are anybody happy about that? Anybody? 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 Some of y'all are new here, right? Y'all, y'all got to egg me on. If not, we'll be here at 2 o'clock. I, the, the power of the resurrection is what brings us new life. And see, what, what's crazy is that that's why the new life is what brings glory to God. See, that my old life was not, praising, was not praising God. Okay? Going to the club on Friday and Saturday night, getting toe up from the floor up, was not giving God glory. Showing up at church on Sunday like a good little church boy but being hung over was not giving God glory. Going to work on Monday, being the same one I've always, always been, cussing like a sailor, being mad, fighting at the drop of a hat, whatever it took to get my agenda ahead, that was not giving God glory. But when God changed my life, and my life began to transform, and I became—I started being made more into the likeness of Jesus because I was submitting to God. Guess what started giving God glory? My life being transformed. See, when we let God, amen, amen. When we submit to the authority of God and we allow him to change our life, that's what gives God glory, and that's why Jesus came, bled, and died and was resurrected, not for us to be able to go to heaven, but for you to give God glory through a life lives for him on this earth. And until we grasp a hold of that, we'll just keep going through this religious motion and then we'll wind up in hell one day and say, God, I went to church like a good little man. I went to church like a good little girl. I did all these things. I read my Bible. I even prayed every now and then, you know, when things got bad. I did all these things that I was supposed to do and she's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. He's going to say, You worship me. You said you worship me with your mouth, but your heart was far from me. See, God wants our hearts to be made new. And the only way our hearts can be made made new is through the resurrection of Jesus. See, guys, it gets me excited. Because I was that man on the cross. I was that man sitting beside Jesus saying, Save yourself and save me. I wanted change. I wanted difference. I wanted something, but I didn't want to change my lifestyle. I didn't want to change my pursuits. I wanted me. I wanted wanted all the benefits of heaven, but I wanted everything I was doing on earth. And Jesus knew of my ignorance. He knew of my my, my hard heart. He knew of my my, my deceived heart. And he died on the cross anyway so that I would have an opportunity to know him through a personal relationship if I choose to follow after him. Man, that's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. I love it. You know, I, I just imagine. Imagine if you were on the cross by Jesus. Imagine. He looks over there and he says, Nick, I'm going to save you. I'm going to take your place. And he takes you off the cross. And now you have the opportunity to have a new, a new life, a new direction. Your wounds would finally heal up. But you would live your entire life for the man that saved your life. If he said, look, you're going to die, but I'm going to save your life right now, I want you to. but all you have to do is just follow after me. What would you do? You would dedicate your whole life to, to following after somebody that saved your life. You wouldn't just say, after you got down and after he fixed you and after your wounds healed, you'd be like, you know what? See you. I got better fish to fry, Jesus. Thanks for saving me, but no thanks because my life was more. You wouldn't do that, would you? Those are the type of people that we like to punch in the face, right? Come on. Come on, we're in church, right? We're supposed to confess sin. Y'all with me? Come on. Bunch of liars. We we, we don't like people who are fake. We don't like people who, who, who use us and abuse us. We don't like those things, but yet we use and abuse God because we don't want to walk away from our sin. We want to stay where we are and have our cake and eat it too, and it doesn't work that way. Jesus didn't resurrect so us to stay where we are. He resurrected for us to know him on a deeper level and pursue after him and give God glory through a life changed by him. Man, look at Peter. Look at Peter. Peter had all the great intentions that anybody could have. I mean, he he tried to defend Jesus and whack the man's ear off. And Jesus was like, you don't deny me three times. He's like, no, I'm not. And what did he do? He denied him three times because of the temptation of of, of protecting himself other other than God, came over him. There was no way for him to live that out. But when Jesus resurrected, Peter was a new man. Peter was different because he walked in the resurrection of Jesus. He changed. He was forever changed. He didn't walk away from God. Matter of fact, Peter was, was crucified. He was crucified, upside down of all the glory of God. Now somebody just in it for them, they're not going to go and be crucified for something that that they're not all in on. See guys, if it wasn't for the resurrection, we might as well just go fishing. If it wasn't for the resurrection, I would have quit a long time ago. I remember going to church one Sunday and coming home and I was trying so hard to be a good little Christian man. And I come home and, and I had failed and I, had, I, had, I, I wasn't being a great husband. I was, I was doing it all on my own. And I remember standing in the kitchen of our single wife and I looked at my wife and I said, If this is all there is to Jesus, then I'm done because this is stupid. She looked at me, and she was like, I don't know what to tell you. This is what I've done all my life. This is all I know. I said, well, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And the main thing I was missing was not this religious motion, but this heart change inside of me. And that's what majority of the people in the church are missing. We're not walking in the joy of the resurrection. We're still... We're still hung over and we're still beat down and we're still bruised by the attacks of yesterday and we're not walking in the power of God transforming our lives. Until we grab a hold of the resurrection and the power of the resurrection and who Jesus is, then we will continue to be the same old people we've always been and we will never be changed. God wants to change our lives. God wants to change your heart. But the only way that your trajectory is going to change, the only way the position of your life is going to change is God's got to change your heart. The only way God's going to change your heart is for you to recognize who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and who he wants you to be in him. That's the power of the resurrection. That's that's what it's all about. The power of the resurrection should compel us to surrender our lives to Jesus. How far he went to redeem us, to give us a way out. To give me that way out. I remember where I was sitting. I remember, man, I tell you, we went back to Woodstock this past year. I got saved in Woodstock Baptist Church in Woodstock, Georgia. I can tell you the pew. I can show you the seat. I sat right beside it. when We went down there, and I, I was turned around. I, I remember standing by, I think it was Ben. I was standing there. I looked around. I was like, oh, God, Ben said, what? I said, I'm right here where I got saved at. And the thankfulness come over my heart. Because like right here is where the scales fell off, Ben. Right here is where I realized that I was empty. Right here is where I realized there was more. Right here is where I realized there was power. Right here is where I realized there was change. Right here is where God took me and changed me and made me white as snow. Right here is where my sins were forgiven. Right here is where my heart was made new. Y'all looking at me, but I'm telling you, if you knew what I'm talking about, you'd be shouting, right there is where God changed me. Can you go back to when God did that in your life? Can you go back to when your eyes were open? Can you go back to when you were set free? Can you go back to when you realized there was nothing else worth pursuing but Jesus? Can you go back to that moment, church? Because if we can't go back to that moment, then you don't know what life is. If you can't realize that giving it all to God and surrendering everything to the King of kings and the Lord of lords is worth everything, then you don't know my Jesus. You don't know the Jesus that went to Calvary. You don't know the Jesus that bled on the cross. You don't know the Jesus that resurrected from the dead. If you're not walking with him and desiring more of him, you don't know my Jesus. Church, I'm telling you, we're missing it. We're missing it. There's more. We're missing it. He didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. He came to make dead people alive. (laughs) If it was just about making you good then I was good I was good wasn't I Roy I was good Roy call me in a minute and I go help him. I, I was good my granny my grandma she didn't know nothing I did oh thank God But boy she was bragging on me at the, at the beauty parlor you know some of these uh, some of these older ladies they go to the beauty parlor and they go in there and they get their hair done and, they talk about all their family and all that stuff, and, 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 and sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not, but anyway, we'll talk about that later. It's not the beautician's fault, right? It's the people's fault. I'm just playing. But she was in there, and I remember somebody, come, I, I come out of McTeer BP, which is now neighbors. I had two cases of beer in my hand. I was putting it back on my Toyota pickup truck. And the one lady said, are you Jeremy? i like, yes, ma'am. Your grandma was just talking about you. <laughs> Them ain't mine. My wife has a bad problem. <laughs> and I've been praying for her, but she won't listen. She said, your grandma was telling me just how good of a boy you are. And you're probably one of the best grand-youngers that she had. And I realized I had my grandma snowed. But guess who wasn't snowed? That little old lady that saw me put that beer in the back of my truck. See, we might have everybody else fooled, but we don't have him fooled. Because he sees our actions even in the dark. He sees our heart when we don't even speak it. He sees the unforgiveness that we don't even talk about. He sees the hurt that we've been holding on to for years. See, until we submit our lives to God, there's no way to let that junk go. And I could be just as good as, as anybody in this room. I could, help, I could help every little lady when it's raining across the road in the rain. I could fix everybody's tire on they, when they broke down on the side of the road. I could give you any amount of money that you needed at, at the time if it was, it was less than $100. I, I, could, I, could, I could do those things. If you needed food, I'd bring it to you. I had all that, I had that in my heart. I wanted to do good, I wanted to help people. But I can want to do good for you, but it can't change the stuff in me that's broken. See, our goodness is only because I'm comparing myself to other people. When I compare myself to Ben, I'm like, Yes, sir, I'm a good boy. (laughs) When Ben looks at Dylan, he's like, I'm glad I ain't like that. When Dylan looks at other people, he's like, you know what? We we look at other people and we start gauging their bad. And we think, man, I'm I'm glad I'm not like that one. But we forget of our own mistakes. None of us can be good enough. None of us can do the right things. Apart from the saving grace of Jesus. And even then we're going to screw up. Even then we're going to mess up. Even then we're going to walk in rebellion some days. But it's because if you have a relationship with God, it's, that's what brings you back. The only way that I could quit drinking was because of Jesus. He, he saved me from addiction. The only way that I could love my wife the way God commands me to love my wife, and, and, and the way she could love me and not kill me is through Jesus. The only way that we can live this out and be the people God's called us to be is because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's because of that resurrection which should compel us to live for him. There's no way of being good unless you're in Christ. It's through Jesus that changes you. God knows I tried to quit drinking. God knows I tried to quit cussing. God knows I tried to quit doing all this. I, I tried. But only until I submitted myself and I got on my knees and I said, God, I've been doing it on my own and I can't, I can't do this. You do it. That's when change started happening. Church, we got to understand that we're either in two places. We're either dead or we're alive. We're either dead from and not walking with God and not being changed by God or we're alive. And see, if you're alive, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be growth happening. If you're not growing in Jesus, you're dead. I'm sorry. I don't care what your Sunday school teacher told you. Because life means I'm growing. Life means I'm changing. Life means that, that, hey, I might not be growing a lot. I might be planted in some crazy dirt right now. But you know what? I'm growing a little bit. I'm growing more and more every day. Not that I'm just sitting in this same spot that I was always a bit. Growth shows that you're alive. Are you alive or are you dead? People that are alive in Christ can't stand To disappoint God because you're walking with God. you got this relationship with Him. To be alive in Christ means that there's a new direction, there's a new purpose, that that now He is your life. That I'm not just taking this Bible and I'm putting it a part of my life and I'm like, yeah, I'm good today because I read my Bible. Because as soon as things get bad, you quit reading, you quit spending time with God. No, it is, He is your life. And everything from your life comes from this right here. Everything that it, that Every decision you make comes from being God-centered, Christ-centered, everything. When you are truly walking with God, this is the center of your life. But when you attach the Bible to your life like most of us do, we're still the center. We're, we're still making the shots, what makes us comfortable, what, what's good for me, what's good for, for what I want to do. And as soon as it gets hard, we drop Jesus off like the kids at school, and we want to pick him back up when it's convenient. That's not someone that's made alive with Christ. He didn't die for us. He didn't pay the penalty for us. He didn't even resurrect for us us to be able to pick and choose when we wanted to follow him. It's either you all in or you all out. And it's time for a lot of us to start centering and saying, Lord God, let me center my life on you. It's because of the power of the resurrection that you can change through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's only through the resurrection of Jesus that you can even please God. How many of you want to please God with your life? All right, half of us. I mean, tell, I'm telling you, guys, Leonard, when you live a life centered on the gospel, you, your life is being transformed. You're being made new. Man there's, man, there's a peace, I'm telling you. I have a peace that I've never had before. Before God changed my life, you would not have caught me standing up here. God made, changed my personality. He changed who I am. And I'm not who I once was because Christ is making me new. God changes us, church. It's not this dead, crazy, dumb religion. It's this this vibrant, passionate walk with God when he walks with me and he talks with me and he he walks with me and he gives me encouragement. He sets me free from things that I am bound up in. Man, are y'all, anybody excited about that? Man, I'm telling you. Here's the thing. If you ever have had something that there is no way out but Jesus and Jesus stepped in, you know the excitement that's in my heart right now. See, there's nothing else that can change your life than Jesus. There's nothing else that can save your life but Jesus. There's nothing else that your life can be centered on and give you peace and give you comfort other than Jesus. There's nothing else that can can give you satisfaction. There's nothing else that can make you love people. There's nothing else that can do what you want out of life other than a life centered on Jesus. And it's only through the power of the resurrection that we can center our lives on him. Praise God for the resurrection. You know, when, when, st- when you start changing, it gives God glory. You know why? Because people know who you once were. Come on. Especially if you live in Jenkins County. I mean, people know what you did and your mama did. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they know everybody's business. And if they don't know your business, they'll make some business up. You know what I- There's no way. But when you start changing, when you start submitting your life to God and people start seeing a difference in you, they start saying, there's got to be something going on. And it starts giving God glory. It starts giving God glory. The church needs to start giving God glory as we submit more to him. And as you submit your life to God, he changes one thing, and then he changes another thing. And you see God, you start giving God glory because you see, God, there's no way that anything would have happened except in you. You know when I learned how to shout and praise God was a two year stint of my marriage about to fall apart. My high school sweetheart. My everything. Don't tell her I said that. But I'm telling I, I don't, you, I don't know what I'd do without her. We talked about divorce for months. Didn't know any way to fix it. I did everything I knew to do to fix it. I'd do everything. Nothing would fix it. Till one day I went out and I prayed and I said, God, if you if you, God, change her. Like, you've been changing me. I've been doing all these things. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing. He he said, well, won't you let me do it? I said, all right, God, do whatever you need to do to change her. That next night, she realized where her heart was, and she surrendered her life to Jesus for the first time. And God fixed my marriage. When I came home from work, and she said, I'm sorry for what's been going on. And I'm sorry for how I've treated you. And I'm sorry for all this stuff. But I realized that the problem wasn't you, it was me. And I gave my life to Jesus. And I'm sorry, and I love you, and I don't want a divorce. Let me tell you what, she thought I had lost my mind. You know what I said? Praise God! Right there in the living room. She was like, what is wrong with you? I said, he did it! He did it! He did it. Only Jesus can change your life. Only Jesus can do what you've been trying to do. And so many of us are trying to work our way out of a bad situation when all you have to do is rest in who Christ Jesus is. And when you rest in him and you follow after him and you pursue after him, everything changes. See, when you're alive, church, I want you to understand, and we'll close on this. When you're alive, you now have a purpose. See, when, before my purpose, I had to make a certain amount of money before I was 30. And I was headed that direction. Burning every bridge I could to get there, it didn't matter. It was all about me and making this and having these things. My life was empty. But when God came into my life, my life knew, had, now had purpose. My purpose was to pursue after Jesus. My purpose was to see Him and Him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. That was my purpose. So everything I did, every decision that I made from that moment on was to hear those, that whole, that whole voice, that whole thing, that whole thing, was him to say, "I love you, G. I I love you, Jeremy. Well done." I knew how now I had a purpose, and I didn't have a purpose that that would change. Because once I made hundred thousand dollars, then I would have just say, "Well, let's make it too. When I would have had the Corvette, I would have drove that thing home and been like, you know what, I should have tried for a Ferrari. When I would have had the thousands of acres of land, I would have been like, you know what, give me a hundred more. See, things on this earth, are, man, they, they, they deceive us. We think that we can have these things if we're happy. Only in Christ will you be satisfied. Only in Christ, and it's because of what Jesus did on the cross. When you're alive with God, your life has purpose. See the two things on the cross, church. I want you to see something. Is one always chose self, and the other one chose Jesus. They're in the face of the Christ. We're talking about we want to get in the presence of the Lord. They were in the presence of God in the flesh. And one was just worried about himself and the other one wanted Jesus. Which one of them are you today? Which one of them has your life been characterized by? Are you someone that's all about you and has always been about you? And Jesus is like a girlfriend you got on the side. Or is he the one that you are committed to? He's the one that has your heart. He's the one that is your everything. See church nothing changes life keeps going on and it keeps getting more and more complicated but I can tell you with confidence that you will never find the peace you're looking for doing it the way you're doing if your life is not submitted to the authority of God you know what I love about God He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the begin and the end. And His Word has authority. You know what I love about God? Is that I didn't tell you what I want to tell you. This is God's Word. So either you get get the choice to refuse it or to accept it. You know what I love about my God? Is that how awful or great this message was that has no effect on the power and authority of His Word word of God's been preached, church. You've heard what God said. You've seen what God has done in people's lives. It's your choice today. What do you want to do with that? you want to keep on bumping along like you always have been? Do you want to keep on going through the same old motions? Do you want to keep trying, just trying to be good enough? Do you want to keep going? Do you want to learn and you want to submit and say, God, I want to learn how to rest in you. I want to submit my life to you. I want to surrender to my life to you so that I can walk in this salvation that you gave me. I want to know what it's like, God, to have this relationship. I've been in church my whole life, but God, I want want to know you. I want to walk with you. If you've never truly surrendered your life to Jesus and you've never, you don't know what it's like to have this walking relationship with God. I want to challenge you right now. If you'll raise your hand so we can can walk with you and we can say, hey, I want to walk with you through through, through salvation and show you what it really means. If you want Jesus, you want to surrender your life to God today. If you want to say, "I want that." Raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you want a million dollars, raise your hand. You got some hands in. Jesus is better than anything I could ever offer you, and a life submitted to God. ever experienced because of what Jesus did on the cross because he lives I can face tomorrow with assurance because he lives I can walk with God because he lives I can have this relationship church relationship with God is all that matters and if you don't have that don't leave here without it maybe you've been here maybe you're under the sound of my voice and, and you've been walking with God but stuff has happened life happens and you're like I've been struggling and I don't know what to do maybe you need to come and give those burdens to God maybe today is the day in which you repent and say Lord I I understand I started out with you but God there's some things there's hardness in my heart I need to submit these things to you maybe you need to give some things to God so your life can change I beg you do work inside your heart and allow God to change you today submit to Him so that we can give God glory. Amen? If you will, stand with me. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord, in the... God, with humble reverence. Lord, your word's been preached and proclaimed. The good news of the gospel is made clear. God, we ask for your gospel to do the work that only your gospel can do. Holy Spirit, move in our hearts. God, change us so that we can give you glory. God, change our hearts, Father, so that we are walking with you, Lord. God, we ask you to move in our hearts, God, so that we are people who are, oh, Lord, we are people who walk by the power of your resurrection. God, give us a heart to change. Give us a heart to want you more. Give us a heart to love you more. God, I pray that we'd never be satisfied in where we are until we see your face, Lord. God, we ask you to move. God, change us. God, set us free. God, move in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray.